0: This week's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Comixology. Are you tired of your favorite movies getting pushed back again and again and again and being stuck inside and not being able to do anything or go see anything fun? Check out Comixology.com. Read all the stories that all of these movies are based on and get in the know. Comixology.com. Sign up for a free Comixology Unlimited trial and you can read everything. You can read The Boys. You can read Lock and Key. You can read Batman. You can read whatever you want. Visit infamouspodcast.com slash comiXology to sign up today. Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this is episode 269, Wonder Woman, Down and Out. I went up at the end there, Daryl, so it's a question.
1: (laughs) Yeah, um... Uh, Yeah, for Wonder Woman, that is pretty pretty accurate, I would say.
0: Anyway, so it does not mean it's Wonder Woman down and out. It's We are talking about Wonder Woman 84 this week. And we are talking about episode five of season five of The Expanse, down and out. So, yeah, anyway, how's it going, bud?
1: Almost New Year's. Almost.
0: This is the last pod. Well, you guys, it'll be your first podcast of the year. It will be our last podcast of the year. So, <laughs> happy New Year! So
1: hope it. Yeah, I know. I hope everybody has a good New Year and has has a little bit of fun at least. Yeah, know, uh, really. up until ten p.m. We, we all deserve a Depending it on where you year. are. Yeah.
0: So Cincinnati or Cincinnati, Ohio, just extended their ten p.m. curfew till January twenty third. Um, I feel like none of this is ever going to end. No, it's not. <laughs> well, That's and if I'm you think start. about it, yeah. so this is twenty twenty. Next year is 2021. Then we have 2022. So we've got nine of these, eight more of these to look forward to.
1: <laughs> Did you, I, I don't know if you saw the uh, meme where it's, I think it's Will Smith's face, where it says anyone concerned that the next year is uh twenty twenty and then it had twenty twenty
0: and it said W O N one I mean that's kinda like where I was going with that so I did not see that but that is that is very funny very very funny. Um okay so first up is uh the the fantastic the wonderful the ridiculous Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four
1: I've talked to what let's see, not not including you, five or six other people, and the best they said about it is that parts of it were fun, but it's not nearly as good as the first one.
0: I, I've only That's, heard I've only heard that the nicest thing anyone has said was, Well, it was fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's the best I heard.
0: Um you know, I, I had, a, what was it, Uh, Drew, our buddy Drew McNamara texted me mm-hmm. and asked, like, what I thought about it. He actually, oh, well, actually, I think he liked it. Let me, hold on. Um, Yeah, he said he wanted to know what my thoughts were on Christmas Day. And I haven't watched it. I said, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, he said, I went in with low ex- expectations. I thought it was pretty good for a DC film um 7.2 out of 10 ultimately it was too long and i replied it was way too long it reminded me more of superman 3 than wonder woman patty jenkins should have had some other writers take a stab at it um yeah and it was boring so yeah one
1: yeah one of the things i told and i might have told you this too but i told somebody else i was like this was like they filmed the first or second draft of the script
0: Ah, uh, so and- this is suffering, I feel like from the last Jedi syndrome. Um, it was a r- director writer who had very little oversight, and we'll get into that um, mm-hmm. and they did, in this case, she did not want to cut things that probably should have been cut. The other thing is writing credit wise. um you've got <laughs> patty Jenkins, <laughs> Jeff Johns. Dave Callaham, who I don't know, uh, I don't as know the, for the screenplay. But the story was by Patty Jenkins mainly and Jeff Johns. Um, yes. I'm just going to start by saying I used to love Jeff Johns. He used to be one of my favorite comic book creators. Um, Jeff Johns has entered the Frank Miller stage of his writing career where his best days are long behind him. Um, Frank Miller, to me, hasn't written anything relevant since RoboCop 2. Um so I mean we're talking like forty years. Uh Jeff Johns has, has not written anything relevant in, in the last ten years, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, anytime I, he gets into the visual medium, um Green Lantern, uh, it's hot garbage.
1: <laughs> yeah, it Yeah, I don't know what to say about like, I don't even know where to start. I mean, there's – this yeah was one of those where – like, I, w- I won't say my expectations were high for this movie. No. Especially after the last few weeks, you know, leading up to it. But I had expectations that it would be a mm-hmm. halfway decent film based right. on – I thought it was going to suffer from sequelitis in the sense of it wasn't going to be as good as the first one. The first two-thirds of the first one, I would say. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I feel like it was right on par with the last third of the first movie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So I was and, – and again, first ten minutes of the movie – well, the first scene of the movie, and we'll get into that a little bit, um, where they do the flashback and, and, and Themyscira. I was like, okay, I'm on. And you know, I watched it again um, to make sure I didn't miss some things. And once again that scene the opening scene of the movie really captures my captured my attention mm-hmm. i was hyped and ready to go I, I i don't know who the little girl was that played young diana but i absolutely loved her and i just thought this was going to be awesome this movie is going to be so much fun and then it happened
0: well okay and then the real movie started so the first movie was written the screenplay was by alan heinberg and the story was by Zack snyder <laughs> Alan Heidberg, and Jason Funks, F-U-C-H-S, Futch? Uh, Fuchs. Fuchs, her. yeah, something like that. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm I, assuming someone made a big deal about uh, an all-male writing team yeah. for Wonder Woman, so they said, well, we'll go all-female this time with uh, Patty Jenkins <laughs> and Jeff Johns. And, you know, who knows? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, the the... The, the first movie, I, I will say, was at least well written. Um, and while there were parts from the first movie that were like beat for beat Captain America, the first Avenger. I mean, if you're right. going to copy something, copy something good. There's oh, there's stuff out of this that is beat for beat Superman three. And if you're going to copy some and some of Superman four, if you're going to copy something, let's not go with two of the shittiest superhero movies of all time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so. And it's funny when you said the Superman three thing, it was like after you kind of watched it. And I think I might've been, I was like partially like 30 minutes in or something like that. And I was like, I didn't, I don't, I see it a little bit. And then it's more, it went on and it went on
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and it went on and it went on. Yeah. I I absolutely saw what you were saying.
0: I mean, it's like that, like we, we almost had, the the shot for him fighting the alternate version of himself in the junkyard where he went into the um trash can trash compactor thing and came out like as superman again um with you know the whole thing all right let's 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 take a step back (laughs) so the summary for this uh as i found uh, I just found the shortest one I could find because obviously there's the long one. It says, Diana Prince quiet, lives quietly among mortals in the vibrant, sleek 1980s. Um, I will say this is the cleanest I've ever seen the 80s look. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> An era of excess driven by the pursuit of having it all. Though she comes into her full powers, she maintains a low profile by curating ancient artifacts and only performing heroic acts incognito, Dressed head to toe in a red, white, and blue bustier. But soon, Diana will have to muster all of her strength, wisdom, and courage, and selfishness, as she finds herself squaring off against Maxwell Lord and the Cheetah, a villainess who possesses superhuman strength and agility. I am going to make an argument here. Cheetah was not the villain of this story. I will almost argue she is not a villain in this story. She is a victim.
1: Yes. No. She's not the villain
0: um, in the story. I will also argue Maxwell Lord may not be the villain in this movie. This could be the, our first villainless superhero movie.
1: Well, it, it's better to say antagonist. There you the sense, go.
0: He's an antagonist uh, for sure. He yeah, is not a villain. Right. He is. No, he's, he's just not. a like. Um, I don't know. The thing that struck me about this movie was how selfish everybody was. Yes, And and it was selfish without any kind of like hero's journey or morality tale to go with it. It started with the idea of what a morality tale should be with young Diana um, kicking all sorts of uh, Amazonian ass in the um, Amazon Wipeout uh, or Wipeout the Mascara. <laughs> but then, you know, um, Robin Wright Penn was like, got her Princess Buttercup on and was like, no, 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 no. Just because you fell off your horse. But here's the thing. She did not take a shortcut. She was, she practiced ingenuity. So basically what they told her was, this is the box that you have to live in. Do not stray from it.
1: Yeah. The only thing I would have to say about that, because I actually agree on that regard, is that she didn't hit the target. And th- if that was part yeah. of the rule set. Yeah, I get I, which, that. Which, again, we don't know. No. We're just assuming
0: I mean but, we I did mean, not it, we did not get the pre-game like wipeout yep, huddle right about what each like obstacle was before they had to go do it. and, you know, um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a really cool scene. And I will say everything that they've shown us of Thmascara so far, even in in the the subpar Justice League movie, um, mm-hmm. has been really cool. Uh, to yeah, the point where I think there there's there's mention and at the bottom of this Geek Tyrant article, um, New Wonder Woman, uh, uh, Patty Jenkins talks Themyscira Olympics flashback as well as spinoff and sequel ideas. So maybe they're going to do a a spinoff of Themyscira. So hmm. you know that might be actually interesting. Like not yeah. having like anyone we know, and it's like the Amazons of Themyscira or something. Um, and someone breaks through the. Zeus's invisible barrier
1: Or or, And again I'm getting a little ahead of myself Would they Tell the tale of The Amazonians breaking free Because again one of the things We saw were (laughs) It could be
0: called Amazonians gone wild
1: (laughs) (laughs) I should have known what that ooh -ooh was for That brain over there working Uh, uh,
0: You probably saw the smoke all the way from Kentucky
1: <laughs> but when they were talking about, you know, one of the things we're and we'll get into the whole golden armor um sell toys thing, but you know, when they were talking about hysteria and how the Amaz she held held back, you know, mankind mm-hmm. while the Amazons escaped, d- did you notice those guys look very similar to Spartans yeah. from, you know, the 300. So, I would I would wonder if they would do something like that, like tell at least part of the story of them escaping and then settling down. I don't know do you
0: think but gerard I, butler could get back into leonidas shape ooh, I, I mean i, I know he's like so. old, older now um yeah. i mean i assume fast is like still in in, oh, in you know spartan shape yeah. um you know because you know all the perfection memes so i, mean, I assume he just walks around <laughs> as perfection all the time anyway um no the opening scene was really fun um I think the opening scene would have been more fun had it not been released on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and HBO Max two weeks ago.
1: Oh, see I didn't look at it. I didn't watch it. So You couldn't
0: I couldn't help but like not see it. Since I was like, All right, like you obviously want me to watch this for some reason and I watched it and I was like, Oh, this is cool and you know, it didn't show all of it, but it's like it showed enough of of wipe out the mascara and it's like, oh yeah. It's kind of cool. It's like I like one- it.
1: Yeah, it's like one of those trailers where you see something in the movie and you're like, this would have been so much cooler if I didn't see it in the trailer.
0: Yeah. um, But, like, so it opens with her, like, you know, talking about this in, in the voiceover. And I got to say, I love Gal Gadot's voice. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Like, I I really, like, she needs to do, like, audiobooks on top of all of this, um, on top of her busy acting schedule. But, um. <laughs> You know, she talks about how, like, oh, there were lessons, and I should have paid attention. Um, Yeah, because you still, by the end of this movie, had not paid attention to what you were supposed to have learned in that instance from from Princess Buttercup.
1: Yeah, and that again that that's one of the several things that is wrong with this movie. In the sense of, you see what they're trying to do, but they just completely you know just fall on their face so many times getting to the end of what they're trying to do and there's just a lot of confusion and and one of the things i mentioned and we'll talk about tome uh considering and and this will be could lead into the second introduction scene
0: well well, hold on before we move on like just one kind of last like beating of the dead horse you you finished avatar right the last airbender i have not okay you, you, At least you saw the flashback where the the monks figured out he was the avatar and they yeah. didn't want to tell him because he was too young, but they decided to. This yeah. is what happened if the Fire Nation did not wipe out the Air Nomads, is they pulled him aside and said, you're not allowed to have fun anymore. You're not allowed to have any of this ingenuity. You were not allowed to be the best thinker of all of us, uh, a strategist even you have to fit into the mold of what we say you are and do it the way it's always been done.
1: That's pretty yeah.
0: And, and that's what bothered me the most. Um, especially like someone with a daughter who is constantly pushing her to think outside of like her own little, um, bubble, especially in this day and age where, you know, she goes to school, she comes home. She has nothing else to do because everything is, you know, Shut down in the world, so it's like, how can she gain any kind of experience outside of a book? And and right. so it's like, well, how would you approach that if you if this was a, a a real situation? How would you approach that? And there's no wrong answers when I ask that question, unless it's like, oh well, you know, you need to make a snap and you know get rid of everybody. Yeah, <laughs> it's like no, that's that's cheating and lazy. <laughs> yeah so tell me about the biological weapon you no, are i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm 100% kidding. uh 80% kidding all right 12 <laughs> um anyway so uh but yeah okay so this was the first opening i feel like this is a strong opening to a movie
1: yeah because it gives you you know it 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 goes back to a little bit, you know, telling you a little bit of the backstory of the character. It starts off giving you what you think is going to be the overriding theme of the movie. And I mean, it's it's, some, it's just fun, it, and it's it, and it's also fun. Yes. So and and unique, and that is a way to start a movie. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the second opening scene happened.
0: <laughs> yeah um the the mall scene was it was ridiculous it was clunky it was ugly um and and you know we grew up in the night late eighties and nineties and did you ever see a mall that clean absolutely and, not and in the eighties, if somebody dropped a gun, I don't think there would have been the freak out like there is today. No, no, there, no, there was. And, and so, like, it was a very modern response to some guy who just dropped the gun out of his pants. Yeah, because oh my god, I'm so sorry. Let me put this away, ma'am. You know. Um. And then, how did the other two guys, the guy who looked like the cross from Michael Keaton and the dude from Burn Notice, like <laughs> nobody knew who they were? Like everyone's like pointing them out. I was like. How do you know they're with these two dudes? You, no one was paying attention to anybody until this guy dropped his gun, and then all of a sudden, you know who all four of the the banker or yeah. the you know black market stealers are.
1: Yeah, like like you said, it was it was sloppy. It was too clean, and again, it's the tone thing. You get one tone when you see the opening scene, and then you get another. And the second tone you get with this second opening scene, and that's not even those aren't even the two tones that. They go. They they mix. They intersperse throughout the movie, and yeah. And again, one of the things you you said or you said yesterday is that they didn't need these two opening scenes. And no,
0: what's I was our like, yeah? You're right. What's our favorite word when it comes to to this stuff? Restraint. Yes. She had zero restraint in this quote. There was a there was a an interview with Joe Blow, um, and she's talking about the two opening scenes. And I guess Warner Brothers was saying we would like you to cut one of them. And she said, I wouldn't have jammed it in there because of the success of the film. Because it actually made the movie too long. We have two openings in our movie. And we would talk about it with the studio all the time. And they would say, you've got to cut the mall in the 80s. Or you've got to cut the Amazon. And I was like, we can't. We can't cut either. This is an artist who is too in love with her own vision and her own work. And it's why I think Patty Jenkins probably is not an auteur she's not a writer director she's a director she 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 knows how to do action no argument there it's everything else in between like where it kind of struggled
1: and i have to give credit to wb in this instance you know we talk we rip on them a lot because of their just boneheaded decisions and this is one of those cases where they were actually right It, it 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 stunted a great start to a movie by having this mall scene in here.
0: Yeah. Like there was, there was the, the scene where she, she came from out of nowhere and she saved the little girl with the never ending lasso, which we'll get to that. Um, So she saves the little girl, uh, drops her on the, the rocking horse, probably breaking her pelvis. in, in the in the act of doing that, she comes back up and then what was the little black girl doing? Like and and how is the mom of that little black girl just letting her walk out in the middle of like uh, a fight with a crazy person dressed up and you know a dude holding a gun and then she she you know took the 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 um boomerang tiara and like threw it around and knocked all the cameras out long after they'd already caught her doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it. Like like from the beginning, I was like. I am nitpicking this movie and I don't want to nitpick it because I wanted to like it.
1: Yeah. And I, I did the exact same thing in that scene uh, in the sense of, I'm like, okay, why is this little girl doing this? What What's going on here? And we're not going to even get and in again, and again. this demon...
0: How did she slide across the sticky mall floor like that? Because those floors are not sticky because if those floors were like slippery, I'm sorry, People they're not slippery. Falling... People would fall in everywhere. and she like slid all the way across to the well-placed bear. you know breaking her tailbone in the action of being thrown 30 (laughs) feet across the floor i mean so now she's crippled two little girls (laughs) like this is how the movie starts with our quote-unquote hero and and
1: let's and no let's not forget the uh bride that she saved from like getting knocked off the oh yeah um, yeah uh,
0: yeah there was that too um you know uh and she just dumped her on the ground ruining her wedding dress yeah (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, she kicks the car with no, um, no, you know, thought for like what el- what other cars are coming we're through this intersection. Go. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was like it was just really kind of funny. Um, you know, yeah. I, I I did I did like I don't want to get like racy about this, but like, why were all the bad people in this movie white? <sighs>
1: You notice that too.
0: Like in the in this when the, the little girls are are shoplifting. It's only the one white girl who they who like gets chased after, really. Um even though they were all like going to steal, but only one of them actually did it. Yeah. You know, it oh, was and yeah.
1: And the other thing I was going to say is, you know, the hey baby
0: again, only white guys.
1: The, the, yeah i I noticed that the se- really noticed that the second time and I just
0: yeah I didn't notice that the first time I really like <sighs> it honed in the second time um i I will say the other thing about this is the whole resurrection of Steve Trevor um I, you know we don't typically agree with the mary sue <laughs> um dot com uh but they have an amazing article about consent and uh the guy that Steve Trevor possesses is this ghost yeah. now <laughs> um, and his name is handsome man. Like they didn't even bother to give him a name or like any sort of backstory. It's just essentially we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But like, yeah, it was, uh, it was so heavy handed. Yeah, the, fir- and- the first one was not heavy handed at all. And like, you know, they had a relatively, diverse group of um, the wannabe um, Howlin' Commandos with with Steve Trevor there. Uh, You know, there was the Native American guy. There was the French guy. There was the Hispanic guy. There was a black guy. It was organic. It made sense. Yeah. None of this movie made any sense. Um, And we haven't even got to Kristen Wiig yet, who um, I thought was- You mean Electro? Right. Uh, One of the weakest links of the movie. 100%. Um, you know, I, Angel and I were talking about this cause like she was kind of coming in and not watching it. And like Kristen Wiig is, I'm sure people find her attractive. Um, I'm not necessarily in that camp, but like, I'm not judging her. You, you she could play the frumpy part. Absolutely. But at no point would you ever think she's on the level of, you know, Diana Prince, uh, as far as like getting attention from anyone. So, um, but we're jumping all over the place. So let's, let's kind of, let's, let's bring this back in. Um, so, so the whole point of this movie is a wishing stone. The, yeah, the dream stone, the, 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 the dream stone that the monkey's paw, uh, which they, it, like every time that you hear them say monkey's paw, take a drink. Cause you're, <laughs> you're not, you're not going to die of liver poisoning, but you're probably gonna have a really nice buzz by the end of the movie.
1: Yeah, and I think uh Minerva was the only one to call it Dreamstone because she said sounds like a dream sounds like it would be a dreamstone to me or something along those lines.
0: Yeah. Um but yeah, I I, I, I thought <sighs> for a movie that does not have a very big cast, I I don't really feel like they did a great job casting this movie. Gail Godot, Godot, however you want to say, it, I don't know how to say it, is Wonder Woman, no doubt. I think she's she's great in the role. I think she looks the part, she sounds the part, and the physicality that comes with Wonder Woman, I one hundred percent buy. Disbelief suspended. Yes. Right. Chris Pine as Steve Trevor the first time out. Chef's kiss, perfect casting. Um. Kristen Wig, nah. Pedro Pascal, nah, um, you know, and that's it. That's really it. And so two thirds of their cast is like, eh. Like I, I don't know why they did this movie in the eighties. Like they've wasted two of the more important canonical bad guys in Wonder Woman's rogues gallery. Right, and, and they and, on the eighties. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. And they made the same mistake when you're talking about heavy-handed that Captain Marvel did. Cap. One of the things that I had issues with Captain Marvel is they made sure that you that you knew this was in the 90s. Yeah, from the soundtrack from you know again i liked all the songs but they did not fit they didn't do a good right. job fitting the soundtrack into no, the movie no
0: especially the movie the music she listened to like right. she was not listening to nirvana when she came back to earth she was still listening to guns and roses and bon jovi and and def leppard you know yeah. she wasn't she wasn't like jamming out to come as you are because she has no idea what that song is um yeah. you know to get nitpicky again most of the games in the arcade were from later in the 80s
1: Yes, I I noticed that like when I saw Operation Wolf, I'm like, um, that wasn't eighty. That wasn't eighty four. I think it was eighty six. I had to look it up. It was eighty seven.
0: Eighty seven. Okay. The other thing. So Maxwell. Okay, I'm just gonna skip to the end. Maxwell Lord's big thing is how does he touch everybody to grant everybody's wishes, right? (laughs) All right. So instead of using Mike TV esque technology from the Wonka factory, um, how about we make this movie in 1986 and Hands Across America becomes a thing. For this movie.
1: That would be Yeah, that woman would have been interesting
0: Wonder Woman nineteen eighty six sounds just as good as nineteen eighty four. I get it, you're going for the Orwellian thing there. Um, you know, you're trying to be edgy and on the nose. But you know, he's like, if, if this happens in eighty six and he goes and he just holds one person's hand and everybody's touching, doesn't that kind of you know, work?
1: Yeah, he could be
0: uh, and he could be there in Philadelphia, like on the mic, like everybody wish for world peace or wish for what you want. And, you know, same thing without Willy Wonka technology.
1: I mean, think about that.
0: Like he moved Mike TV from, you know, the pad to the TV with the particles that went across the air and into the, you know, the other part. Again, stealing from another movie. I'm like how many times
1: did they do or say something in this movie and you just shook your head at like,
0: um, I, like I had kind of like to, to quote I rock in um, ready player one the movie I kind of like have a carpal tunnel thing from from repetitive motion in my neck I can't I can't really look <laughs> left anymore.
1: When they made, when they, when he went went to visit, and I know we're jumping all over the place, but when he went to visit the president, and the president says that to him, like, "Oh yeah, that's how it was explained to me." Yeah, that was probably one of the bigger sides of the movie for me because the again, oh, the Grant. only
0: thing that would have made that better is if Gene Wilder was still alive, and he was <laughs> able to somersault into the room and be like Wonka Vision. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> um. all right I, here's what I did like I liked the chemistry between Diana and Steve Trevor that was a given I liked everything that happened in Bialya for the most part Um. I liked the way they kind of broke her down as her powers went away or were fading Um. starting with the garage when she tried to pull the lock and he's like oh that's a strong lock and it's like okay this is the thing she loves the most um her powers and you know she's she's giving them up like superman three and two um anyway but the way her hair like her hair started getting frizzy i don't know if you noticed this like her makeup was like well i mean you know one gal Gadot is naturally beautiful so they had to like really work (laughs) to like you know kind of make her look tired and, and run down um but they did a great job, like, showing us what was happening. Because at no point did they ever tell us. Um, and we were slowly figuring it out. It's like, she got shot by a bullet, and it went uh, through her. By the way, your bullet special effects of Wonder Woman getting shot, just smearing a little bit of, like, red food coloring on her, that that does not cut it for that, something that go is in, an injury.
1: Yeah, that'll go into the category of CG and
0: Tis that stuff that didn't work. But a flesh wound.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, what worked for me? Obviously, that first scene in The Mascara,
0: yeah, that was awesome. Well, yeah. I love
1: that. The uh, Di- uh, Diane and Steve again, their chemistry. Notwithstanding the way he got there, I still like their chemistry and yep. some of the conversations they had. Um, I, uh, particularly the one where they're on. <laughs> I'm shaking my head now. The Invisible Jet.
0: Okay. That was the other thing I liked. I actually liked how The Invisible Jet came to be because she explained it, and she was talking about how she had tried to do it, and she did it with a coffee cup, and she lost it, so she had no idea how long it lasts. So that was great. Energy, I love yeah. that part. So the
1: other things that worked for me were cheesy, Yeah, but it it, it that, and then how it... um it relate related to her learning
0: how to fly, um, but that, like that that scene. the the effects of that were so bad, so bad, so I, bad. I, I, again. I mean, like um, Clark learning to fly on small or trying to learn to fly on Smallville fifteen years ago had better production value than that.
1: Yeah. So you know, and then the other thing, it, this was very heavy handed, but I didn't mind it. And probably because of the two hours before it kind of broke me down, I guess. <laughs> but uh, her plea to humanity at the end of the movie, I, I liked how it let mm-hmm. how it how I connected it to the lesson that she learned in that first scene. Although the way they got there was so bad and so yeah. janky that a lot of people is not going to resonate with. And again, I, I just like Gal Gadot's, the way, the earnestness in which she was talking to people, even though you know people were listening in different languages and yeah. all that stuff but whatever and that's it those are the things that work for me
0: yep no I, I i like i i agree with all those i liked i liked the flying stuff when when they were i liked when they got in the plane and he's like because i mean a <laughs> plane is a plane um yeah you know from what i understand from my friends who have pilot's license like you can get in a plane and it's the same basic principles it's just which switch is it um but that was great, but all right, you're gonna shoot us down <laughs> yeah <laughs> um flying through the fireworks was really cool visuals well. I, li- I, re- I i really i really like that yeah so um Bialya is a uh is a a terrorist state in the d c u so it was nice to kind of see that bit of lore added into a live action film um <laughs> But, okay I wouldn't have known I didn't know that okay well you know super nerd um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh but I I like I like Yaga. I really really do and I, I i'm I'm excited to see more Wonder Woman with her I want to see somebody else who understands the character get a crack at the title
1: we say that a lot in when we're talking about some of this stuff with superhero stuff understanding the character I,
0: well you know superheroes like Okay, I'm going to switch gears for a second. Aquaman is a really easy character to do. He's a really hard character to get right. Mm-hmm. Same with Superman. We've talked about Superman and and I've 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 given, you know, there's a whole like 110 episodes ago, a whole episode about how you can fix all of these characters. You guys can track it back down. It's me fixing the DCU. Um, movies and comics by the way. Uh wonder woman is not is is a i feel like wonder woman is a hard character to get wrong um because she's got a lot of things going for one she comes from a warrior society so she's arguing already gonna have some level of naivety naivete naivete, Mm -hmm. naivete um about her about how the real world works um two she's got a strong warrior's code about how things should happen and how things should go down, um, so she's got a really strict sense of morality right and wrong. This movie did not touch on that um actually, this movie went as far as it could to dispel that <laughs> um you know, and then three, she's got a really awesome power set, but she's not wholly invincible right so when you when you have her like when they showed the vulnerability of her in this. That was a great moment for for this character to learn some some humility that she maybe was not quite in touch with since she was a little kid. Um and that was the lesson, right? You need to be humble, you need to you need to do things the right way. Like I get that. Um at the same time, like, you know, she needs to be ambit she is ambitious. She is, you know, one of these people who can do, you know, Lots of different things, um which is what makes her amazing and wonderful
1: <laughs> yeah and and also i did I, I didn't mention that, but like you said, I did like how they slowly showed her breaking down her power set, okay.
0: yeah, um there's no way Cheetah beats her in a fight, even when they have like when the, even even when she's at the lower power level because Barbara Minerva did not all of a sudden know how to fight. Yeah. Like she just said she wanted to be like her. She didn't say she wanted to be her. She did not pick up like advanced ancient Greek and Themiscarian battle techniques. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah just because you're fast and strong that gives you an advantage over people who aren't as fast and strong but Mm -hmm. you're going to get someone who all her life has been taught to fight.
0: Yeah. Like let's, let's look at like Ronda Rousey before like Holly Holm took her to task. Like she's not a a big woman she's relatively short she's she's you know she's got a great center of gravity which is what makes her such an amazing judo practitioner um so when she fought some of these women who were bigger had longer reach were definitely stronger than her she was able to use her her skills that she had honed her whole life to be dominant Mm
1: -hmm.
0: now she went up against holly holm who was just better that day um and, you know, that that's how it works. But at, at no point, even as she's like, you know, Diana is breaking down, like I, I don't see her relying on, you know, the magic Wakanda <laughs> bracelets um, or the Wolverine bracelets. There's a great meme that Haley sent me. It was uh, Deadpool doing the X-Force. And then Wonder Woman's like, "Hey, I, that's my move." And then T'Challa's like, "No, this is Wakanda forever." And then Wolverine's like, "I've been doing this for fifty years." So, <laughs> um, but you know, like, like I-, I liked how they went out of their way not to make her a one-trick pony this time around with that one move. Right. Um, unfortunately, they overcompensated with the never-ending lasso of truth. Um,
1: so, is is it just as? long as she needs it to be I
0: you know i think it's kind of like a green lantern ring it'll do whatever she imagines it should do like you notice how it broke into two parts um and wrapped around the two dudes at the mall but she still was holding on to the other end right um yeah you know she was the, she was you know for someone who's a really good fighter and has been do- documented in in this whole cinematic journey as a as a great tactical warrior she sure took a long time bringing down four normies. Yeah. <laughs> now that I think about that, she they took her a long time to break down four normies. Maybe she got soft yeah. living in D.C. <laughs> Maybe that's I what the wait. whole problem was right now. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, we haven't even talked about Pedro Pascal. Uh, so going in, there were people saying that this was like a Trump thing. Um, Patty Jenkins saying it's a Gordon Gecko thing uh, I think it's totally making fun Of television evangelists
1: I think it's closer to that Too like, um, like, Yeah Again it, this is one of those cases where I, I liken it to I think season Was it season 2 of The Punisher the only I, uh, I
0: only watched the first Half of the first episode of season 2 and okay. I did not like season 1 enough To deal with more Frank Castle Bullshit
1: Okay, so it 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 was yeah you know, one of the articles that a couple articles came out talking about you know they're talking about the um, you know white nationalists and stuff like that it was, and I and I went in with that expectation and then going to watch it, which again, Punisher season two not, it's it's a letdown.
0: But what were the white nationalists in this?
1: It they weren't. That's
0: what I was. That's what I was, like that's what I was getting he at. had a really diverse staff. Like his chief of staff was like some black dude who was supposed to be going for an accounting job
1: oh no no i'm talking about punisher season two oh, and then how, oh. how it relates and how it relates to wonder woman 84 talking about this was uh you know uh, you know making fun of trump
0: i did oh, not see no that. i don't uh, No, i didn't i did i didn't get it didn't like you it know he had like funny hair like maybe that was like the but thing but it's like the 80s he everybody had f- had he had a hair
1: <laughs> yeah
0: like I don't know, I don't know if that was a wig or Pedro Pascal's real hair. Um, I like to think it's his real hair because it was it was just fantastic.
1: <laughs> it, it was eighties hair. Yeah, it, it was one hundred percent
0: eighties hair. Um, the the scene where Steve Trevor comes out and he rolls up the suit sleeves and he goes, "I guess they do this now." Was yeah, blank. I was dying during the fashion show. <laughs>
1: does everybody parachute now
0: does everybody like and that's only works because chris pine has impeccable comedic timing.
1: yes it, so much that happens a lot, a lot that's one of the things that uh, why i love chris hemsworth so much in thor is because he has that timing that if it was in the in someone else's hands it would fall flat or just seem really just eye cheesy or yeah. something like that yeah and Chris Pine is absolutely in that same category.
0: And is it just me, or is he really starting to look like his dad?
1: Yeah, he does. Like, I, I was noticing his hair. I was like, it's getting a little gray around the edges. Well, I mean,
0: that could have just been, him. like, makeup. Like, you know, they Which could have just grayed sure it up about, a bit. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. But, like, in his face, he is starting to look more and more like his dad. Where, like, before, he did not really look like, you know. Anyway. Um, so, All right. Pedro Pascal was not. I don't want to see he was. I don't want to say he wasn't the right choice for this, but he wasn't the. or wait, let me rephrase that. He wasn't the wrong choice for this, but at the same time, he wasn't necessarily the right choice for this character.
1: I I I see what you're saying. See where you're going. With um, that. and
0: mainly because, and, and so this is this is where I I the the burden of knowledge about some of these characters in the comic verse is like Maxwell Lord was a part of Checkmate, he was I think I don't remember if he's a black king or white queen or white king, but he was a member of like a really like nefarious spy organization. Um he actually had the power of mind control. Um that's why Wonder Woman broke his neck and like became a villain for a while during the whole Omac thing. Um spoilers. But <laughs> Uh, hmm,
1: that sounds like jessica jones and um
0: yeah uh, kill or Kilgrave. similar uh but i mean like you know the purple man like was able to do that stuff too um and he didn't rape wonder woman he just had her going around doing bad things um he had a lot of heroes plus you know he killed blue beetle which i'm you know that's just that's not okay you don't kill blue beetle um he's lucky booster gold didn't get to him first but the whole becoming the wishing stone thing um i i did not like how 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 he broke down like i feel like as he was taking the things that people prized most i I don't feel like the becoming the stone would have broken him down because like that would have led me to believe that the stone would become weaker over time as it granted more wishes
1: which it Based on our history lesson in this movie, it wouldn't. No. Because they couldn't destroy it.
0: Right. Like, I feel like he would have become stronger, and I would have liked to have yeah. seen him become stronger. And to be honest, rather than the slogfest fight between, um, you know, animal version Barbara <laughs> and and Wonder Woman, I think it would have been cooler to watch Maxwell Lord um, have a little more power and and maybe be able to use some of that mind perception type stuff against diana to to make it at least a believable fight um and maybe have her fighting with herself uh especially after having given up steve the way she did
1: that would that i think that would have worked a lot better than what we got
0: i'll be fair this is me second guessing um i didn't write this movie i didn't create the art that is this movie. So, you know, I, I definitely think Patty Jenkins had a lot to live up to after the first movie, because the first movie is super well received. This movie opened uh, on rotten tomatoes with like an 89% fra- it, it It's the first movie in a long time. I remember that has had its fresh designation on rotten tomatoes revoked because the critic ratings, it was at like 65% last time I looked. And the audience ratings went from like the nineties down to the low seventies. It might be lower than that now. I haven't I didn't look today.
1: Yeah, I haven't looked, but yeah, I right I, yeah, it it was the drop bomb drop of the ratings was people actually looking at the movie and as a movie itself and not as, you know, hey, Patty Jenkins did this. Right. Which I think sometimes that happens mm-hmm. with especially with you know some of these certified certified critics they look more at who's directing who's writing well and i mean what they're the, to the say.
0: certified critics that get to see like the premium get to write the reviews pre embargo um you know they are <laughs> they're behooved to write nice things about everything that they're given yeah so just plain and simple uh all right so real quick so christopher Polaha, who played the handsome man. So Diana wished that Steve was back. Why is it that like Steve had to inhabit this dude's body? But when the president said he wanted more nukes, a hundred new new nukes showed up. Why didn't he just show up out of the ether? Um and, it would have made yes. way more sense. And, and I understand the thing that the Mary Sue was talking about, about consent and how this guy did not consent to have his body taken over and, and have Wonder Woman do the things, you know, to quote, unquote, to quote Varys and, um, Cora, Cora to do the thing, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, you know, and, and, and so I don't know if I want to go that far with it necessarily, but at the same time, you know, it really does hit on a point because like, did nobody wonder where this guy was for a few days?
1: yeah, and yeah, we don't have to go too far that far into but it, but its it's right. one, it never made sense. It didn't go anywhere in the sense of they didn't figure out why it was his body right,
0: like he uh, they could've been like, oh, he was my grand great grandson or something like that right um, yeah. and then it was kind of predatory of her at the end, like hanging out outside of his place.
1: Yeah, that, that like I word. found
0: that I found that really just kind of a strange beat. It's like, you know, I don't know. It was, it was just
1: odd. It, it it there was no need for it. That would that should have been completely. That's one of those things. Like if it was a, it seemed like a first or second draft where if you're looking over it, you just say, you know what? Why don't we just have Steve appear as yeah. Steve?
0: Right, and and I think it would have been more interesting too for other people to actually meet her Steve.
1: Right. Yeah, it, it I don't know. It was it was strange. Yeah. It was
0: just really really strange. Um
1: it's just one of the many just weird choices that
0: yeah
1: either didn't go anywhere or didn't service the story like it should
0: have. Okay, so here's the last thing. Is this movie got pushed back like 6 times? If this is the movie that had come out last summer before everything like kind of went down Do you Think you would have enjoyed it more Or do you think because of All the hype that we kept hearing about this And the fact that all the marketing stuff came out At the beginning Of 2020 and we were Inundated back then and like we Kind of still I mean we still see that water woman In the golden suit on the uh, On the as a peg warmer um, do, do you think that changes how you Felt about the movie
1: Absolutely not. Okay,
0: because yeah, I'm the same. I went in wanting to like it.
1: Yes, and again, for all the reasons we we've mentioned, really enjoyed the first one. You know, twenty last twenty minutes notwithstanding, really love Gal Gadot. Like I just love her as Wonder Woman. Steve Trevor's back. Chris Pine, even though you know, you know, they Jerry rigged it for him to be back. Fine, that part of the movie worked for me. So I'm looking. I was looking forward to figuring out how he came back and all that stuff. And. So no, like I would I I would feel the same way back then. You know, if it came out last year, as I do now, uh, it's just an extreme disappointment. It it suffers from again. A lot of movies, a lot of sequels, have that issue where they want to go bigger and badder, and they miss the point of the story. They miss out on the character study, Mm -hmm. and that's what this did. I mean, it, it tried to do it. But it was just it was very messily done, yeah. In the sense of
0: yeah, it was. I think messily is a great way to to describe how how this was. All right, the last thing. Let's talk about the in credit scene with Linda Carter. Um, Why? Well, one why and two, it left with the cringiest line ever when she said, when the lady asked her name, she said, "It's Asteria. and she said, "Well, that's a beautiful name," and she goes, "It's from my culture." What does that mean? It's from my culture have no clue like it was it just left on it left the movie on such a like cringe note like and it was already kind of cringy as it was um yeah like that whole scene i feel like that whole scene was thrown in at the very last minute yeah Um, i was actually waiting for her to wink at the camera yeah so or like to like brush her hair back and you see her like her uh gauntlets um (laughs) or bracelets of power from you know her time as Wonder Woman. Um, you know, I don't know. I like that just nothing about that scene worked for me. And I love the yeah. Wonder Woman TV show. Like a lot of that stuff I find like really hard to go back and watch. Just like think the Hulk, the incredible Hulk. Um, but the Wonder Woman is still really fun and and Linda Carter is is awesome in, in everything. Like, especially when she was the principal on Sky High. I
1: was um, just about
0: to say, and <laughs> I'm—I'll bring up Sky High every every single I podcast. Love, dude, I, I love Sky that movie; High. it's so good. I love that um, movie. I like yep. it. And then, like, did did you watch Zoom with Tim Allen in the the? Um, I never watched that. No. The uh the kid from The Happening and Kate Mara, um, you know that's that's a good one too. Um, as far as those like kid superhero movies, okay. Out of uh, ten Neverending Lassos, what's your score?
1: So it it actually went up to probably like a four point five okay after seeing the second time.
0: So I gave it a five. Um I, I I you know for me anything like a seven and above is really good. Um if it's really bad it's four and below. Um I, I feel like this is a middle of the row DC movie. So it's a five. Like it was better than Birds of Prey and Justice League. League. And Justice League and Batman v <laughs> Superman crap of crap. But it wasn't as good as Shazam. It wasn't as good as Aquaman. It certainly wasn't as good as the first Wonder Woman movie.
1: It was better than Suicide Squad, too. Uh, I, uh, I I can't do that movie now. Like it's.
0: I can re-watch Suicide Squad. So I watched this twice, so none of you have to. Um, <laughs> And I fell asleep watching it the second time. I will say, I did really appreciate having this on hbo max because when i was starting to get pissed off at like some of the things i could pause it and walk away and come back and be like okay i'm gonna have a better attitude about it
1: yeah i and and i will say that that actually does help because if i would have saw this in the theaters i probably would have given it a lower break
0: (laughs) if i had spent money other than like the money i was already gonna spend for hbo max yeah and i I
1: actually yeah you got got to see this for free you
0: cheap bastard you owe me 16 bucks (laughs)
1: Well, uh, like like our boy Amos said, I know people in high places. You know?
0: <laughs> All <laughs> right. Uh, speaking of Amos, that is a, a great segue to episode five. Man, episode five.
1: Well, one of the things down and out. Say about, by the way, <laughs> about about this episode of The Expand it was kind of the breather in a way that we needed, especially early on.
0: Um. Yeah, so Um, in my my notes, I have this. This is the actual calm before the storm. Yes, is is what I read. After a storm, before it, but But, no, no, like I feel like that was like the pre-storm, like if that makes any sense, Um, because where we're gonna go over the next, you know, fifteen episodes. Uh, No, I'm uh, counting the next season too. Where we go over the next fifteen episodes with the Free Navy is just balls out awesome, like the, the. if if you guys haven't read the books, um, please do so. Um, they're very, very good. Like, wait till the end of the season. You can get caught up before season six comes out really, really easy. Yeah. Um, I, I will say the, the climbing out of the pit scene was better than I ever deserved to get from an amazing scene from a book.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I am really loving... To loving how just Amos seems like such a different character, but the same this yeah. season. Like, he,
0: well, it's it's he, peaches. It's it's you yeah. know because peaches changes him in the book too because he right. has no, someone to. Right. So like Naomi had to care. Well, not had to, but like Naomi cared. For, Naomi cared for him. Now he is caring for someone, and it was like that whole thing from um, the doctor um, when he asked about. The feelings. Uh, oh, oh, Cortazar. Cortazar, thank you. Uh you know where he asks Cortazar, like, does it? Do you do you get it back or whatever? This is him like actively trying to be human, and directly yeah. sets up what happens in the the final trilogy book.
1: So, yeah. Oh, I, oh, yeah. And I, I'm just. Because we're we're so not used to this, and and again, you know, we have an advantage because we've seen you know some of the behind the scenes you know, regarding the books and how mm-hmm. Amos has changed. But seeing you know West Chatham do all of this, uh, some of his reactions to you know how he how he speaks a little bit softer mm-hmm. to when he's talking to Peaches and everything, and I loved loved, loved his leadership as well. Yeah, he you know, he he actually he stepped up in a leadership role. Like, look, this is what we're gonna do, and I, I'm just loving what we're getting with him. Yeah, again, one of my favorite characters anyway, but mm-hmm. to see him grow from what we've come used to become used to, it's fantastic.
0: Yeah. What was the uh the mod guy? Was it Kowalski? Is that his name? Or Konachek. Konachek, thank you. Like that time guy time. who they got to play him was perfect. And like, um, yeah. Okay. So the the, the the episode opens on Drummer, which was really interesting um, because she's dealing with the fallout of what happened to Earth and Fred Johnson being killed.
1: Yeah. And it's it. Let's be honest. It was the fact that Marco is alive is based on her decision.
0: It is like this is all on her, um, yeah, which was not in the book. Week. Yeah. Right. right. It wasn't drummer that let him go.
1: Yeah. So, and this is what we talk, we discussed yeah. where what type of guilt she was going to feel when she found out that Marcus killed millions. Mm-hmm. Marco killed Marcus, Marcus. Marco killed millions, and killed Fred Johnson. Uh, not, not to mention you obviously Ashford dying at his hands as well.
0: Yep. Oh so, yeah.
1: She's gonna have. She has all of this pent up. You know, I could have been the one to push the button Mm -hmm. to get this guy out of here. And yes, sure, there might have been a you know ruckus of civil war, but it would have been much smaller Mm -hmm. than what's going to happen. And
0: well, and when her 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 pal there was like, well, if it wasn't him, it would have been someone else. No, it wouldn't. Marco said last. Marco told Ashford why it wouldn't be someone else because Belters do not dream big.
1: Yes. And that is just the the words of someone trying to ease, you know, the pain of someone they love, you know, in the sense of trying to say this isn't your fault. Right. When, again, she's not responsible for what Marco does. Mm -hmm. She is responsible for the fact that Marco is alive. Yep. And I mean, you have to you have to take that. You have. And I think as a character drummers, that strong character that she's going to take that in the sense of, hey, I know the truth. This is on, this part is on me. Now, what she does with that will be very interesting because she does get a, hey, time to parlay
0: mm-hmm.
1: message from Marco.
0: Yeah. And she agrees to it without talking to the rest of her crew.
1: Yeah, and we know how Drummer is... Uh, she can be a bit spicy with that temper of hers. <laughs> Just so. a bit.
0: Well, you know, she is mean a drummer she will uh kill you and just tell the story to the next captain oh
1: i love that this absolutely great line. love that line
0: so um so i thought that was a strong way to start the episode um we check in with amos and amos amos and peaches clarissa mao um at the pit and you know getting out and this this was this was really really good as they they get out and they're trying to figure out what's going on and you know they they realize they're stuck
1: yeah. And yeah. So <laughs> I, oh, again, I got to go with, you know, I just, I, I love how Amos took charge and mm-hmm. the sense of, and one of the things you were talking about was, you know, his, you know, he's taking care of Peaches. Mm-hmm. And when Rona, I think that's, she's Yeah, like, Rona. I guess the sergeant, she was like, Hey, she's not going anywhere. He's like, You're tasked to protect me. And I'm making it my my task to protect her. Right. So, you know, he was at stopgap for any of those three guards to do, you know, to. It, you
0: know, it was great when the other out. two guards were like, well, what's happening here? And she's like, this civilian won't go anywhere without. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I thought that was really funny. um, But yeah, so so, you know, they get um, quote. OK, I forgot his name already. Again, just call him tiny, tiny. Yeah. So th- so they get tiny. Um, and I love it how he's like, I have rights, I have rights. like. And they open the door and he's like, what's going on? <laughs> I love that change of, right,
1: just the change, how he modulated his voice. Like, so, yeah, what's yeah, going on? So what's going
0: on? <laughs> uh, did you watch this episode twice? Yes. Okay, so same. It was like, it, like, and I caught that the first time and it really tickled me the second time watching <laughs> um, for the voice modulation, um, especially because I remember that guy was a... Uh, was a um a stand-up comedian for a little while so anyway um yeah. so yeah so so they get through do we want? do we just want to talk about the whole underground scene like go like yeah. full story line- okay so yeah. uh you know they're they they try the stairs obviously that doesn't work sully gets hurt um <laughs> the one prison guard so they you know they get the door open and, and they get uh, tiny out. He opens the doors. Amos figures out where the the ladder, the escape ladder, is essentially, um and how to get it out, which was ingenious. But I mean, that's nothing new from Amos. Um, and so the guards play odds, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> that 300 years from now, they're still playing odds, um, to see who goes, and, and Sully draws the short straw, and eventually Sully comes crashing to his death. Um. In the book, there's actually a little more to this scene, because um, he's essentially just annoying the shit out of Tiny, Um, and Tiny throws him off, and here he's like, he slipped. Anyways, he would have fallen. He was complaining about his knee, which made me laugh really hard, <laughs> right? Because Sully was being yeah. a dick to him in the book, and in the show, we obviously didn't get to see any of that, Um you know, so instead they all go up and you know, Rona has a bunch of guilt because she's like we should have not split up and blah, blah, blah. Um and they finally oh well, they're going and the elevator falls. Yeah, um, everybody gets small. Everybody gets small. That was great. Although I'm kind but, of curious how the people above him heard that. Because it seemed really I, loud as that elevator was falling.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I barely heard so, what he said, yeah. honestly.
0: But um, so they get to the top. Um, Tiny kills the other the, One of the other guards leaving Rona The only living guard And uh, goes after Amos <laughs> For calling him Tiny Because he didn't like to be called yeah. Tiny um, yeah. And this, Amos we'll probably, m- Oh sorry go
1: ahead I to, This is the only time in the series you'll see Amos overpowered Right
0: now. I was going to say he finally met Someone who he can't just like Physically overtake
1: Yeah call me Tiny again
0: <laughs> And he's about to drop Him and, and Rona who had lost her gun previously? Um, the guns are encoded to the people. Um, you know she uses the the other guard's gun and shoots him, and then Amos kicks him in the nuts from behind and does the sickest Brock Lesnar suplex, like just yeah. f- like, uh, you know throw away sl- or throw away uh, yeah. release suplex there. So um, yeah, that was
1: the first first yeah. thing I said when I had. I was like
0: Suplex City, <laughs> Suplex City, bitch um so here's my question so she used his hand right while he was dead why couldn't they like amos have dipped his hand in that guy's blood and picked up the gun you know
1: what did you think that too okay second time around i thought that up because especially looking at the at sully's head i was like why didn't he just kind of coat his hand in the blood so i
0: thought it when i read that scene in the book because they talked about the blood pooling everywhere um But like it really hit me in the show, Um, especially because he picks the gun up, which I don't I don't know if he did in the book or not. But um, but yeah, so, you know, they they're they're up there. Rona's like, this was supposed to be a weekend with my kid. And he's like, well, go go find your kid. And now, you know, they have to Peaches and and Amos are are about to make their trip to get off of Earth.
1: Yeah. And. Yeah, I, one of the things in you know not in just the scene but just overall i'm really curious to see how quickly things progress to the next step to them getting off you know getting you know back yeah. you know getting off earth and all of this stuff so that's one of those things i'm still not
0: so still i don't think it'll be as drawn out as it was in the book like right. i think they're gonna go find like the space yacht like they did but i don't think it's gonna be like the roving band of marauders or anything like that i, I think yeah. he's like it's they, they Eric is in the next episode. It's already in the, you know, the notes oh, for really? for oh, what's coming out. So, but like you know, so he's gonna go back to Eric, and and Eric will will help them figure it out. But yeah, all right. So then we get back to Tycho. Um, and they're interrogating Saki, and Bullen and, and uh, Holden are, are essentially yelling at the guard because i and he goes she kept smiling at me
1: i, I love what bull's response was it's like stop trying to think but you're so because you suck at you it you were
0: so bad at it so but he uses much spicier language yeah he does. um and they open the door and S- Saki's face is just covered in blood and she spits a mouthful of blood out and you know she was holding that like just waiting for someone to come in for the effect yeah. of that um you know they they are trying to talk her to um about what what why she did what she did i thought it was interesting that she called fred johnson a tourist yeah which um,
1: is funny because yeah. when she said that i'm thinking he did more for your people than nearly any other belter that has been out there
0: he legitimized um, the belt yes he really did
1: yeah and it, it remind and what I wrote down for this is she's like she's she's a reminder that for fanatics nothing is ever enough mm-hmm. calling Fred a tourist despite what he did to them, for them he's not one of them so what he did is kind of she kind of delegitimizes it by saying he's a tourist
0: yeah so you know and they're they're talking about where Marco is and like what Marco is and and then Holden um says to bull well, let's get the Rossi and go hunting. And she says, uh, I'll see you when you get back, um, which how Holden didn't pick up on that. I,
1: Well, the my my thing is, look, if she did this to Fred, the first thing I would have thought, damn, she worked on the Rossi all this time.
0: Right. Right. You know, she she was in there with unfettered access. Um, so they get to the Rossi and they're they're starting it up. And. Um, and, and I will say, when he said, who's going to pilot it, and Bull said me, um I feel like, I, I really hope we're not missing out on a really great character from the book. Because if you remember, there was oh, the younger yeah. kid that piloted the Rossi yeah. while Alex was off with Bobby, um, yeah. who then stuck around as part of the crew. And, you know, I, I, as I as I've been thinking about this, it's like, he could be the one who maybe replaces Alex as the... You know whatever they're going to do to Alex with with the um, impending termination of of Kaz Anvar's contract, um, or I guess the already termination of of Kaz Anvar's job on this on this show. Um, I don't want Bull to stick around as the pilot of the Rosanante.
1: Yeah, I I mean I don't don't get me wrong, I really like Zuniga. Yeah, this oh role, yeah,
0: I love him. But, but.
1: It, it, to your point. And again who knows maybe We see this character come in In an episode or I'm, I don't know I'm not sure Because you know again one of the things the show Tends to do is um, You know take a couple characters And you know mash them together
0: Right so, well and we but, haven't met the coding Wonk yet for that Holding the high to go through all of Monica's stuff uh, with Monica right. and then like put together like All the missing ships and, and like really Figure out what the free navy is which I assume is going to be this season because it seems really weird to wait till next season to do that. So maybe that character could be like, they could mix like that girl and the kid as the pilot. And maybe she's the new pilot of the Rossi. I don't know.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I'm not sure, honestly, but again, one of the things I do like about this show is that they, like they make changes to the books and, and generally speaking, the changes uh you know i can't help but give thumbs ups
0: yeah no to, i mean they've so. really worked it, it, it's just you know one of those things where i don't i don't know um and kind of to spoil a little bit of uh naomi uh or the the rossi naomi is able to get a, a message to james just in time um to keep the the rossi from blowing up uh, and we'll discuss that when we get to Naomi's part. Um so we have Alex and Bobby in the Screaming Firehawk out there following the um <laughs> the Belters and the Martians as they're they're trying to meet up and you know there Bobby is just solely focused um like we've never seen her.
1: Yeah, and you know obviously Alex is wanting to get get try to get a hold of his crew and you know his people and she's like we can't yeah. do anything for him. Right, he wants yeah, to check like, in but they because, have the, yeah. Yeah, but they have the molecule We can't do anything about that. We can do something about this. And, yeah.
0: And it's, he, a, it's a relatively good prioritization on her part, I feel.
1: Yes. Yeah, because if they can get some information on, and again, one of the things you said a few minutes ago is finding out what the Free Navy is. You know, if, if, if any bit of information they can get on the ships involved and the people involved Will help them in this fight, you know, because right now mm-hmm. their Earth and Mars are blind to what they're facing. they don't know you know they know what Marco said, but you know they don't know how far this reaches, right so
0: um, and then they get into really cool spaceship battle uh or I guess chase with a with some fast movers. um, I love that the missiles they call them fast movers. I, I don't yeah. know why I just really I really, really like it. I think that's cool. Um I don't know if that's what they called torpedoes uh or what they called torpedoes with with submarines um but it just seems like something that they would use a term they would use. Uh and Alex does his Alex thing and we leave them at the very end of the episode um having dumped the core and hurtling off into who knows where.
1: Yeah. And I love that and you know it just you just get that explosion of the fast mover. Mm-hmm. And then them being slingshot, you know, through space, and then yep. just that silence.
0: Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a really good way to end the episode. Um, and I'm like, oh, come on! So I, I'm trying to happens. remember, like, does do these ships? Is it like kind of like Star Trek, where it's just the one core, or is it like multiple things for the Epstein drive? Like, or are they just stuck with like thrusters?
1: So. Again, I I don't know about the normal ships, but re- this is a racing ship right. And, That's uh, like it's a racing yacht. yacht. So I don't know if I would I don't know I honestly don't. Can, I would think that something this small that small
0: probably just has have, one right. Would
1: just have one yeah. right.
0: Can we ta- stop for a second and, and and appreciate the um the Razorback Screaming Firehawk and the fact that it looks just like a shuttlecock from badminton.
1: <laughs> That's what it looks like. I was trying to figure that. I mean, out. like I, I like I've been it wanting to bring does. I've been
0: wanting to bring this up for for a while now. <laughs> but like, as it was hurtling towards space, it's like that is definitely a shuttlecock. Um so but just like, you know, it's, it's I think it's a really good spaceship design. It doesn't have to fly in atmosphere, but like, you know, right. it, it's got it's got all the everything that it needs. Um anyway. All right. So Naomi on the Pella um we get a ton of exposition here about Naomi's past um m- my favorite scene of the episode was when they're all in the cafeteria and um she he Marco tells her she's free to go and she goes all right then i want to be taken to my ship and he goes but you don't have a ship you gave it to Philip and points yeah. at Philip. It's like, "Dude, you are such a dick." And I love he it. Such it a dick. So he is... it was so good though. It was such a good like the just the delivery of it and like the just the the whole like your wording and gravitas of that character to know he's in complete control and he can do whatever he wants to mess with her.
1: Yeah, and it, it I thought it was interesting to see Sin actually gets pissed at Marco. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. Like, Dude, you don't have to do this to her.
0: Yeah. And we got a call out to her famous red kibble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was also funny because Phillip's like, oh, uh, no. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Which, again, <laughs> Phillips gets his again where Marco does the – when he tells Marco, you're angry at me. Yeah. It's like, no. And he puts him in that kind of like
0: – The headlock. like
1: That brotherly type headlock, yeah. but it's being sort of serious. And he's like, no, disappointed.
0: Yeah. The accent, his belter accent is so great. Yeah. Um, You know, and and so Naomi storms off and she's trying to figure out what she can do to the Bella to sabotage it or get in touch with James. Um, Sen comes by and and tries to get help from her and and she kind of blows him off. Um, She goes back to eat. uh, and, And Oksana comes in and basically tells her the only way she's getting away from them is, you know. Through an airlock, um, yeah, and and meeting the the briny deep, <laughs> as you will. Um, did
1: you notice real quick uh, when she's looking at her access? Did you notice that the only access she has was doors and corners yep. control? Yep, I thought that was <laughs> great.
0: That was like I'm surprised Thomas Jane didn't epi- didn't direct this episode. Um, this episode was directed by Jeff Wolno and written by Matthew Rasmussen. So um, both two new to this season at least um yeah no i did notice that um and that's kind of foreshadowing for what's going to happen with her later um but she 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 goes back to sin or she she pockets a a knife sorry and she goes to kill marco
1: yeah and
0: and philip sees her and saves her
1: yeah and talk about she and again this is one of those things when we talk about how alex is not for espionage right Neither is Naomi because she looks so sus. Marco, I need (laughs) to talk to you. And she's
0: like leaning forward.
1: It's
0: like she would totally get the spike (laughs) if it was Among Us. (laughs) You are the imposter.
1: (laughs) But yeah, you're right, Philip. You know, and she doesn't realize until they get in the elevator, and he's like. You should be lucky I took you out. Yeah. Because I say I just saved your life. So, because Marco was, he was waiting for that.
0: Oh, so, yeah. Marco knew what was happening there. Um, but she goes to help Sin. Um, she attacks him. She gets um, control of his pad and is able to contact Jim and she saves him. And so she figures out after talking to Oksana that um, they put that yeah, code. Just Carol. What? Carol. Carol.
1: Oksana is um drummer. You're right,
0: you're right, you're right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. When she talks to is it Carol? Yeah, I
1: don't know. It's K A R. Oh, you're right, I Carol.
0: You I I don't know why I keep calling her Oksana. Anyway, so Carol, yeah, she talks to Carol and she realizes the code that she wrote to to destroy ships is on the Rossi. So she she gets in touch with Jim and at the very last second saves the day. Um and while she's talking You know sen grabs her and and you know that's kind of where we leave with her is them throwing her into a cell on the pella and she's yelling and then did you notice the isolation mode how like all of a sudden you here? that was like the most heartbreaking thing
1: yeah and again it was one of those things where i think i looked down and i i just like her voice cut out yeah and then i happened to look back up and i saw that and it's like whoa that is messed up
0: um so one really thing interesting thing i found about naomi this season is she's back with like her old people and she keeps slipping in and out of the belter accent to the like kind of more like britishy accent that she's been using the rest of the series have you noticed that
1: mm-hmm. i didn't i haven't noticed that i think it's honest. a
0: really great like character development for her because she's she's trying desperately not to backslide to to who she was because right. she loves who she is
1: yeah, and, and I'm just, I'm kind of going over that in my head when we first, you know, got her. And and it, that's a really good, that's a that was one of those details that it, is pretty cool to see.
0: This totally, this season totally makes up for kind of how they did Naomi Dirty um, as the chief engineer on the behemoth. Oh, yeah. Like, I did not like that version of the character. Not that Dominique Tipper did a bad job. She still did an amazing job. But how that character. It's just character, what they gave her. What that character had to. To go through, um, mm-hmm. because you know they did they she turned on the Rossi crew and the Rossi crew turned on her, which that that does not happen with those people, and, and so no. it, it just never worked for me, right? So anyway, yeah. uh, so I'm this is like a solid four and a half out of five Rossies.
1: Yeah, I agree. And one thing before we st- stop, this one of the I think one of the more important lines, and this is going to come back to, I think, bite Marco is when he tells Philip, he's like, feel what you feel, but mm-hmm. you can't let those feelings rule you. Right. Um, he's, I think he's trying to, because he sees that despite everything that he said, despite being gone 15 or 16 years, you know, there's that, Philip still wants to reach out to his mother.
0: Yeah, he's and he, he likes it, he wants his mommy. Yeah,
1: and he's, tr- and I think uh, Marco is starting May see the cracks where Naomi could insert her love For Philip and to kind of Put as a wall between What Marco has indoctrinated him in
0: Yeah no you're right You're 100% right Um, I mean and these are the cracks that we're seeing In the relationship between Marco And and Philip
1: Yeah oh absolutely So
0: Cool right. wow (sighs) That's a lot. All right. So Wonder Woman, not so great. Could have been better. Um, You know, maybe get writers next time. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, not the, Jeff Johns. Uh, yeah.
0: Not Patty Jenkins, not Jeff Johns. Um, you know, the more and more I think about it, the more I think that, you know, maybe the whole breakup between Patty Jenkins and Marvel was not as cut and dry as we're led to believe it is um yeah i i'm I'm surprised that warner brothers let a director tell them no um and i think maybe it's because it's you know patty jenkins that they they did that um and they're paying for that now um but like they're like you know if wonder woman would have been really good actually let me rephrase that if wonder woman had been like good i would have gone to see it in the theater
1: yeah absolutely 100 percent
0: like thank you hbo max for saving me 40 dollars from having to go and take the kid and get popcorn and you know all that stuff slushy so you and your goddamn Man, I want a slushy right now go to the just go to the movie theater and buy a slushy you don't even have to step just go in and buy a slushy <laughs>
1: I've, I've actually seen somebody do that before go like go to target right? yeah.
0: they have slushies at target
1: i haven't been to target in a while yeah uh, go to
0: target you a slushy anyway well next time you come up here i'll have a slushy waiting for you
1: that's what i like to hear man <laughs> anyway
0: hey <laughs> I, I i treat my guests well you know so anyway
1: yeah, i told you i said i knew people in high places <laughs> that's not me <laughs> not
0: me all right uh thanks to to julian and matt for backing us on patreon if you guys want to join the uh the infamous backer crew i don't know whatever um uh, <laughs> check that out uh check us out on youtube uh we're blowing up. No, not really. I mean, like, but definitely like and subscribe to the videos on YouTube because we're, we're posting them there. And there's more stuff that is coming to YouTube after the uh, after the new year or I guess this year, for those of you who are listening to this, um, who aren't Julian and Matt, who are patrons and get early access to episodes. Um, you like that plug? I, I like that. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, happy new year, guys. Hope, hope you uh, had a safe and, and healthy new year and we will, uh, we'll be back later. See
1: ya. Bye.
0: The Infamous podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati with new episodes out every Sunday. You can find more information about the show online at ifmispodcast.com dot we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Infamous Podcast. You can su- subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcasting app. If you're enjoying the show, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash for our new tiers and rewards. The Infamous Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Brian Tudor, with music provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. You can find me on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Tudor. So whenever you're listening to the show, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Later.